Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Wes, Hank, and Andy, and we are back. It's uh, part five of our uh, Road to Ahsoka review series, where we are taking a look at the uh, development of the uh, fan-favorite character, Ahsoka Tano, through the lens of the uh, essential Ahsoka Tano uh, uh, playlist over on uh, Disney+. Plus. Hope you guys are enjoying watching, uh, revisiting that, as we are. Um, stuff. What's that? We're picking up new stuff. Funny you should say that. Details and stuff that you might have glanced over on first watch. (laughs) As I was writing my notes for this week and I looked over at the date and I'm like, 2020? What do you mean this came out three years ago? (laughs) Wasn't this like 10 minutes ago? No, three years ago. Um, The arc that we are about to embark on tonight, we mentioned this last week. Uh, and we also mentioned it when we reviewed it in far uh, in greater depth uh, about a year a uh, year and some ago. Might be longer. Maybe it was even longer now. Twenty twenty is what it said. Mm-hmm. This is arguably one of the most emotional story arcs in all of uh, Star Wars media. Uh, I still stand. I still stand by that. Yep. Easy. And uh, wow, it almost makes the other stuff. I won't say it pales in comparison, but it certainly is. Uh, it, there is such a there is such a divide in the writing between these four episodes and everything else that came before. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's kind of weird, like that you say that because they're all all four written by Dave Filoni, and we know Isn't the it whole though? the whole show coming up. The reason we're doing this, it's all written by Dave Filoni. Um, but it's like he he had his hand in a lot of the episodes uh yeah. in clone wars and even yeah. more so in rebels but uh when you realize that that those are the chops that he has yeah um like he's learned so much uh studying at the foot of the master if you will and then the maker taking what he learned in rebels cuz this is well after rebels is that's right yeah and the the story the way that he crafts those characters is absolutely incredible. And so I think that style of storytelling and, and the experience of being able to helm something, give him the confidence to go back and do something that yeah. powerful. And if you guys out there in the, in the uh, podcast land haven't listened to, because you can't watch, but if you'd listen to our order 66 um, episodes that Wes referred to, I, I, I participated in a little nepotism this weekend i listened to all of them and um i i mean i gotta say we we cover it deeply and um yeah there's 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 so much going on it's so heavy and uh we were all in agreement then and i think nothing has changed that this was such a more powerful end to revenge of the sith oh my gosh even yeah revenge of the sith yeah 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 if future Star Wars media can do for the sequel trilogy what these four episodes did for the prequel trilogy, we're in for a real treat at some point. Yep. <laughs> mm. Oh, but before we can get to any more sweet treats, should, should we let him out? I think it's time we uh, rattle the cage and get another dose of bad Star Wars jokes. Guys, I got a question for you. What happened to Princess Leia? When she didn't study for her final college exam, she became a senator. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly dated her brother. <laughs> <And> true. 
<laughs> Stay in school, kids. Ended up with a nerf herder. No, man. What did she do? She got Alderaan answers. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Alderaan answers. Oh, man. That's awful, isn't it? <laughs> That's terrible. It's like there's a, a million voices crying out and they were suddenly silenced. <laughs> By one, by by uh, three bearded dads. <laughs> oh, let me change the background. I totally forgot. There we go. Yeah. That's better. <clears throat> well, um, are we ready to get on with this? I think we're ready right now. All right. I, I tend to write these little like mm-hmm. uh, encapsulations before we do all of the, uh, the, the, the breakdowns. Synopsis. I feel like I've, we, uh, I've kind of chinsed out this week. It wasn't coming to me, but here's what I got. As the Clone Wars reach a critical point, Ahsoka Tano must face her old life when she and Lady Bo-Katan Kryze seek Republic aid so they might lay siege to the planet Mandalore to rend it from the clutches of the renegade Sith Lord Maul. Nice. How was that? Nice. (laughs) Accurate. All right. I'm going to lead off tonight with uh, uh, the first one. And then, Andy, you're going to take us through uh, parts uh, two and three. And, Hank, you will bring it home with the uh, super emotional conclusion. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, tears are optional. I mean, if you, if you, I got my rag ready. (laughs) We're, uh, we're, we're men over 40. We're okay. It's, it's okay to cry. All right. Uh, this one, it's a seven. Uh, it was seven. It is season seven. It's episode nine. This one is the 130th episode chronologically. It is uh, written by Dave Filoni. This one originally aired on uh, April 17th, 2020. And the official description reads as such. The siege of Mandalore begins and Ahsoka turns to Anakin and Obi-Wan for help. Uh, this is an interesting one because we get the uh, the red mm-hmm. uh, the the red title cards. We talked about this before in our other uh, our other uh, review of these episodes, but this this really sets it apart from everything else that came before. Excuse and, me, and the Lucasfilm logo in green, like the films used. Just to yeah, and then we've got the classic. It's unaltered. It is the classic John Williams uh, um, original yeah. film uh, um, theme. Mm-hmm. The classic Star Wars theme plays instead of the uh, Clone Wars. The, the Clone yeah. Wars, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, our op- our episode opens uh, with Obi Wan and the uh, 212th Battalion in a pitched battle on the planet Yerbana. The battle isn't going very well, and uh, the clones are at a standstill. But a clever Anakin Skywalker has devised a plan where his legion clings to the underside of the bridge where the battle is being fought and uh, he feigns a surrender in order to flush out the enemy tactical droid. When the ruse works and the tactical droid is destroyed, the 501st all on jetpacks soar in to change the tide of the battle with the 212th able to advance and they defeat the droid forces. They fly uh, now. When... <laughs> they fly now. <laughs> But when Admiral Yularen contacts the Jedi generals to let them know they have an encoded transmission coming in, Anakin and Obi-Wan are forced to return to their command ship. And the, the transmission is from uh, Fulcrum. Fulcrum. Dun, dun, dun. Crazy. And they assume it's Sagarera. They do, because he was the first Fulcrum. Yeah. 
on board the Star Destroyer, both Anakin and Obi-Wan are shocked to see the hologram of Lady Bo-Katan Grease and Ahsoka Tano. Like a worried brother, Anakin gushes, where are you? How are you? Are you safe? Ahsoka tells him she's fine and that she and Bo-Katan have tracked Maul down and they don't have much time. The Mandalorian shuttle uh, lands uh, in the Star Destroyer's hangar, and after an awkward reunion between the uh, between Ahsoka and the Jedi, Obi-Wan leads them to a, a briefing room so they can discuss uh, what's unfolding. Anakin still gushing uh, when he gets face-to-face with Ahsoka, but she comes off uh, here uh, pretty coldly, <laughs> waves the all, hand in front of him and says, we're going to have to catch up later. Yeah, like there Just is no... Business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they leave the room or the hangar first and Anakin pauses and you can see he's struggling with this new dynamic between his former apprentice and now himself. Like something has changed. He can't figure it hasn't pinned it down yet, but something is definitely not the same anymore. Yeah. She's uh, a little edgier now. A little more leadership under her belt. Yeah. In the briefing room, Bo-Katan tells the Jedi that uh, Maul is on Mandalore and he's held up in Sundari city but uh, she has to show her hand and she lets Obi-Wan know that alone, she doesn't possess the necessary forces to take the city. If the Republic engages in a joint operation with her, they uh, would get Maul and she would get the planet back. Now, Obi-Wan is hesitant saying that it would break treaties that are a hundred years old and turning to leave. He says that he will advise the Jedi council on what's happening. When Bo tells Obi-Wan it's too late that Maul's influence on Mandalore is destroying her people. She adds that he murdered their rightful ruler, her sister, Satine. And then Bo hisses at Obi-Wan, saying, I thought she meant something to you. Obi-Wan pauses to reflect on her words for a brief moment before answering that she did, and she still does. But he can't let his feelings cloud his judgment, and the Jedi Council will decide what their next course of action will be. Both Obi-Wan and Bo leave the briefing room, which leaves Ahsoka alone with Anakin. Anakin. It it is interesting to think how many characters within this four-episode arc, uh, they run into situations that would have, like, drastically changed the outcome of Revenge of the Sith. In what sense? Like, if he had given in to his feelings at that moment and just rushed. Oh, Obi-Wan, you mean? (laughs) Like, that would have changed the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. We'll get to it in my episodes, but there's stuff that happens there that could have completely flipped everything. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's like they say the force is guiding them, but maybe. Well, it's funny you say that because it's going to come up here later on. Um, Anakin makes a point to say it makes sense now. You know, if, if things didn't happen the way they did, she couldn't be where she was meant to be. Yeah, that's a very interesting thought. Well, Anakin um, takes Ahsoka back down to the hangar. And uh, she's kind of confused because uh, as troopers uh, pass by, they pause to uh, salute her. Anakin tells her it doesn't matter uh, that she's not a Jedi anymore because the clones understand everything that she went through for them. And her loyalty is the only thing that matters. Opening the door to the hangar, Captain Rex and a platoon of the 501st stand on parade. Their helmets repainted to bear a strong resemblance to the white markings on Ahsoka's orange skin. It's a touching moment as uh, Rex and indeed all the clones think that Ahsoka is back and the surprise uh, doesn't stop there as Anakin holds out a small wooden box. 
Just then, a klaxon sounds, and Obi-Wan rushes in, saying that General Grievous has attacked Coruscant, and they are jumping to hyperspace immediately to join the battle. Folding her arms across her chest, Ahsoka blurts out, oh, by the way, before I get into this, I said to you guys earlier uh, as I was writing this, I'm like, you know, there's only about four or five minutes of my episode that actually matter that pertain to Ahsoka as a character, and this interaction this is the meat of this where yeah. she's concerned as a character. Yeah. This is it right here. Yeah. I, I had said that it's more like uh, a clone, a typical clone wars episode than any of so. these last four. Very for much sure. so. Yeah. Um, Ahsoka folds her arms across her chest as she blurts out. So that's it. Then you're going to abandon Bo-Katan and her people. Obi-Wan tries to reason with her surmising that she should understand that this is a pivotal moment in the clone wars. But this isn't the Ahsoka that left the Jedi Order with a metaphorical tail between her legs, and the Master Jedi's remark only serves to reinforce her just disenchantment, not just with Obi-Wan, but the entire Order. She accuses Obi-Wan of playing politics, and she calls it the reason why people have lost faith in the Jedi, including herself. That is, until she was reminded of what the Order actually means to people who truly need them. Obi-Wan insists that right now the people on Coruscant need them, but Ahsoka snaps at him derisively. No, the Chancellor needs you. Obi-Wan tells Ahsoka that's not fair. But she just gazes at him sternly and says, I'm not trying to be. This is not your typical student-teacher relationship anymore. No. <laughs> this is somebody who knows a little who's been around a little and has a very strong opinion about that and isn't afraid to share it anymore. No. Yeah. It it's only been a year tops, more like yeah. months probably, but I mean, learn a lot in a short time. Absolutely. In the real world. <laughs> you know, all these outbursts that we saw her have with Anakin in their uh, master Padawan relationship, that never really spilled over to the other Jedi uh, in the order. It was always sort of between the two of them. Like it's, I can get away with it with you because you're my master and we have this special relationship. Mm. She would never stand up to Obi-Wan the way that she did in this episode before now. No, no. but I think that goes back to the trial, right? Cause he, he yeah, absolutely, her, but he didn't speak up. No, you're right. So Anakin recognizes the impasse between his former Padawan and his master. And he suggests that he can split the 501st but because, oh, uh, because Ahsoka is no longer a member of the uh, grand army of the Republic. The only thing he can do is promote Rex to commander and have him lead the mission to Mandalore while Ahsoka can go along as an advisor. Ahsoka accepts the arrangement on the condition that Obi-Wan agrees to it. And he does offering uh, Ahsoka. May the force be with you. He leaves the hangar to prepare for the upcoming battle. With Obi-Wan off making preparations, Anakin returns Ahsoka's lightsabers to her. He says that he took care of them, and they're as good as new. Maybe a little better. Igniting them, the blades now glow blue instead of the green they once bore. Anakin says uh, while Ahsoka is, deal, uh, is uh, off dealing with, uh, capturing Maul, he will take care of General Grievous, and with any luck, it will all be over soon. Ahsoka says, uh, Master Kenobi says, there's no such thing as luck. But Anakin smiles as he says, what's a good thing I taught you otherwise? That's such a like dynamically proposed yeah. <laughs> opinion. Mm -hmm. I even use that. <clears throat> uh, I use that as an example. We were talking about something else about uh, the force having an influence 
And I'm like, in my experience, there's no such thing as luck, right? Total Obi-Wan thing. Yeah. Yes. Um, we did talk about this before. If you haven't checked out our episode on lightsabers, you may want to go back and give that one a watch to uh, understand how Ahsoka's lightsabers uh, went from green to blue. <laughs> so there's new, there's some new information. I didn't know if we wanted to get into that now, but in the latest Star Wars comic, sure, Luke Luke has been wielding a yellow, and we're we're in we're between Empire and, and uh, Jedi. Luke has been wielding a yellow lightsaber that he found in a Jedi temple. Right. He gets into a fight with a uh, a, a droid uh, in this place called No Space, where they uh, it all ties back into the High Republic. And it, long story short, his hand is crushed, his lightsaber is crushed, and they crack the yellow crystal. Oh wow! And he sets out with Doctor Afro to find a crystal expert to teach okay. him stuff. And in it, he learns about how crystals are bled and how crystals are healed. Mm-hmm. But they they come three colors. Well, they come yellow too. It's rare. Purple's even rarer. But they come blue or green. You find them blue or green, which suggests here that we speculated that proximity to the crystals changed them to Anakin's tuning. Well, that's that's but, really <clears throat> contradictory to the stuff that's come before that says that they don't inherently have a color and that they are tuned by the Jedi. Yeah. So we've we've that's seen weird. we well we've seen them in Clone Wars be picked with a color. That's when true. the kids when the kids all pick their crystals, they're they're that either green or blue. Yeah. Um, it, it just suggests that he changed the crystals uh, awesome. according to the way that the canon works now. Which would you, mean that do you I mean, like she, that idea? I don't know because she still wields them like a demon, and you're not supposed to be. This well, is the thing in the comic that. because <clears throat> Luke can't connect with his father's saber. The, he, they actually even talk about the saber trying to connect with Luke, but it doesn't. Mm. It's just off. And then he has no luck connecting to the the lightsaber he finds from the High Republic. Oh, sure. And it's it's not until, and I don't want to spoil anything, but it might be, might be Yoda's saber because of the green crystal. <laughs> but uh, that's that's the one that he finally connects with. It it picks him. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to go too far off on. Mm, the, yeah, the I know, on I know. This, but in my head canon, Luke's green lightsaber is a Qui-Gon Jinn's lightsaber crystal that he found in a box in Obi-Wan's hut on Tatooine. Hmm. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but I can see Ahsoka connecting with, even if it is blue from Anakin. I will say this. Because she connects with everything. I will say this. Did you guys catch the audio cue when she lit these? Because her green sabers have the traditional... When yeah. she lit them again and they were blue, they sound like her white sabers. It's true. They have yeah. that different. It's like, <clears throat> oh, I can't, I can't emulate that. Yeah. If you you've seen a rebels uh, and you've seen the Mandalorian, then you know what I mean by the sound of her white sabers. They don't sound like any, like the dark saber does not sound like any other lightsaber. Neither do Ahsoka's white sabers. Mm-hmm. These sound like Ahsoka's white sabers, which I found interesting. Could be the rebels influence now that we're working backwards. I don't know. Maybe. But yes, you're right. She does wield them like a banshee and she gives a couple of flourishes and it looks really, really cool. Um, it's like she'd never been a day without them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As the combined forces of the Republic and Bo-Katan descend towards Mandalore, the Prime Minister, Almec, radios the advancing forces, reminding them that they are in violation of their treaty. Bo-Katan tells the Prime Minister that she knows he is a puppet of Maul and they are coming for him. 
excuse me, Almec calls her a traitor, and that by siding with the Republic, she will look like an enemy to the people. Cutting the transmission off, she says, I'm fine with that. <laughs> hey, we got our first comment coming in tonight from uh, Sarah on YouTube. Sarah says, I love the scene where Anakin gives Ahsoka her lightsabers back. Mm, yeah, it's very nice. It's very touching. Um, Because it wasn't a box of cigars. No. <laughs> no, it was, it was a very nice moment. Interestingly enough, because watching these episodes the way that we have on this particular playlist, we see this right after the trial. Mm -hmm. And we know that when she was escaping, she just outright lost one. So it's cool that Anakin was somehow able to oh, recover. Able to recover them. Yeah. To recover That's it, also, yeah. that, that moment is the last time they ever speak. This moment here. Yeah. In the briefing room. Yeah. It right. Is. Right. It is. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> All right. Well, um, on the surface, uh, Prime Minister Almec gives orders to his troops. He tells uh, Gar Saxon to prepare for the invasion and for Rookcast to inform the syndicate. Um, of course, Gar Saxon, voiced by um, the uh, now deceased um, Ray Stevenson. Um, Rookcast, I'm not familiar with her voice actor. I'd have to look it up. It's okay. It's not important. Okay. Meanwhile, Bo-Katan contacts her night owl sister, Ursa Wren, asking if she can confirm Maul's location. Well, the best she can do is uh, tell Bo that uh, he hasn't left the city, but all other attempts to locate him have been blocked. And uh, just as she tells them uh, that, Gar Saxon has already mobilized the city's defenses uh, as the gunship rocks uh, with incoming fire, as uh, incoming fire begins to erupt all around them. <clears throat> Excuse me. A hail of missiles uh, streak in hitting several ships. Uh, Bo-Katan's Mandalorians take to the sky on their jetpacks to meet Saxon's forces on the same terms, while Ahsoka and Rex play a game of race you to the surface. <laughs> Leaping from ship to ship, Ahsoka takes down several of the uh, Maul DeLoreans before leaping off a crashing a gunship and uh, comes up rolling into a fighting stance on the landing platform. She fights off several more Maldalorians before she's joined by Bo-Katan and her forces. Finally, Rex lands, and after a quick beat you, uh, the two of them advance into the city. Reminds me of the scene in Captain America where, is he wearing a parachute? <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> I agree. As Republic forces advance on the city, Gar Saxon radios the Prime Minister to tell him that the docks have been taken. And they're now moving on his position. The prime minister uh, tells his men to withdraw to the undercity and he will be met there. Of course, he means by the one and only. Mm -hmm. dun, dun, dun. On a nearby balcony, Ahsoka and Bo-Katan watch the battle. Rex lands and tells them that there isn't any sign of Maul yet. Bo says they can't sustain a long siege excuse me, sorry, uh, they can't sustain a long siege, so she will go to the throne room to deal with Almec. As Bo and her escort leave, uh, Rex receives a call uh, saying they found something, so the two of them head out to see what it is. Uh, at the bottom of a large access portal to the Sundari Undercity, Clone Captain Vaughn informs Ahsoka that uh, he and his troops were in the process of securing it when they made contact with Gar Saxon but uh, he disappeared down a dark corridor. 
Vaughn tells Ahsoka that it's a tunnel system consisting mainly of sewage ports and some conduit access pipes. Unsure if the tunnels lead outside the city, Ahsoka makes the decision uh, to move in. Now, in the Sundari throne room, uh, Almec receives word from Rookcast that the Jedi uh, was spotted was spotted entering the Undercity. Almec calls it uh, just as our Lord predicted. But suddenly the door to the chamber is blown open, and Bo-Katan, along with a couple other Mandalorians, rush in and engage with Almec's personal guard. Now, they're subdued fairly quickly, and Bo is able to force the Prime Minister to surrender. Uh, the Prime Minister, by the way, who I like to refer to as a Ceremonial Boba Fett. <laughs> um, I don't, I, he's, a, he's a character you love to hate, but mm. I love, love his armor. Yeah, Boba Fancy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Bo demands to know where Maul is, but uh, all the Prime Minister will offer is that he wanted her to bring the Jedi here. It's just that she brought the wrong one. Realizing it's a trap, Bo tries frantically to raise Ahsoka on the calm, but all she gets back is static. Down in the under uh, the undercity, Rookcast watches and lays in wait. It's a carefully crafted trap where she uses herself as bait to get the clone's attention so they'll chase after her. And they do exactly to where she wants them to. Ahsoka calls out for Captain Vaughn to wait, but it's too late. He and the other clones are already in pursuit. Chasing after them, Ahsoka passes by the fallen bodies of the 332nd Battalion. Off in the distance, she can hear more of them shouting as they are being killed. Finding Vaughn barely clinging to life at an intersection of tunnels, Ahsoka rushes to his side. Taking uh, Ahsoka's hand, Vaughn looks up at her as he says, Sorry, Commander. Then lets go his final breath. Alone, without any backup, and cut off from calm traffic, Ahsoka is quickly surrounded on three sides by Maldalorians. Then, from the fourth intersecting tunnel, she hears the slow clanking of intentional steady footfalls. Entering what little light there is in the tunnel, Maul looks down at the former Jedi. He squints as he tells Ahsoka that he expected Obi-Wan Kenobi before asking her, Why are you here? Cut to black. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. Wow, this is the uh, the kickoff to uh, uh, this arc. And as I said earlier, the, the three or four minutes of that interaction between Ahsoka and the two of them in the briefing room, really, it's sort of the the encapsulation of like Ahsoka's experiences. We, we talked about uh, her thing with the, the Martez sisters. Yeah. This is the, I had the thing with the Martez sisters. And now that I, I have that experience, right. this is me showing you that. Yeah, that's yeah. This is her uh, having been informed and learned her lesson. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. man. Um, any more you want to talk about uh, this one before we press on with the next one? It's got far-reaching effects. Oh, that whole little setup because she'll come back around to it yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. And like you know, she's seen how the other half lives and how they perceive the Jedi. It's interesting that they uh, um that they broke up the, uh, the, the, the Legion, the 501st. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I had to look it up because I could not remember, but yes, it is the, uh, 332nd. Yeah. yeah. 332nd battalion. Hmm. Right. Yeah. 
I am. All right. Well, uh, that's it for me. I'm going to hand it over to uh, Andy as uh, you uh, take us through the next, uh, what, two episodes? Two episodes, yeah. So, All right. I'll, I'll try and be quick. Nice. I get to be a participant <laughs> now. Take your time, man. This is gold. No crying. Um, no crying. I'll try not to. <laughs> I'm going to ball like a baby. <laughs> so this one is Clone Wars Season 7, Episode 10, uh, Part 2, Phantom Apprentice. Uh, chronologically, it is episode 131, and it originally aired April 24th, 2020. Uh, a synopsis for it reads, Ahsoka leads Republic clones to confront Maul's forces on Mandalore, but Maul senses impending chaos and makes a calculated play to, sur- to ensure his own survival. That sounds like a very Maul thing. It is very much a Maul thing. And like going forward, just how Maul, like how far he's gone, yeah. comes to light. And it's like emperor levels of plotting. he really goes he starts to go full supervillain with the 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 inter like the external monologuing and the oh. like turning away to himself and but speaking to the people he's with but talking to himself you know he he really does become the uh, the villain and it's it's interesting because uh, the sequel is irrespective love him or hate him most people don't uh, fall into the the former category but. George Lucas's original idea for the big bad was Maul, and this was the original plan to keep him back alive. Yeah, I, you know, we've talked about this before, and uh, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I really would have liked to have seen, you know, what that would have looked like, like Man. had it have come to fruition. Because again, if the prequel trilogy told us one thing, you know, you 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 deliver these awesome villains and then immediately kill them. Yeah. Ball. <laughs> <You know? laughs> awesome villain. Grievous. Awesome villain. Dooku. Pretty cool villain. Dead. Mm-hmm. Savage Opress. Uh, I just felt like he was Maul on steroids. Maul Jr. Django Fett. <laughs> yeah. He was Maul on uh, testosterone. That's what he was. Yeah. Django. Yeah. Well, Django was just meant to be a Boba Fett. Yeah. I mean, George has gone on, on camera and said that uh, they're the same person. Technically, they are. <laughs> anyway, right, I digress. I'm sorry. Oh, anyway, uh, we open right on the heels of the last episode with Ahsoka surrounded on all sides by Maldalorians and Maul himself. And he notes that he is not familiar with her name, but holding her stance, she tells him she knows who he is. And he agrees, citing that they must have several mutual friends. And Ahsoka says <laughs> she wouldn't put it that way. But Maul tells her that her way of thinking is behind the times. And this gives Ahsoka a moment of pause, but she's back on task and sends a signal to Rex. And Maul relays that he was certain Kenobi would come and possibly even bring Skywalker. But Ahsoka tells him Kenobi had a more pressing matter to attend to. And this causes Maul to reflect. Perhaps the moment is upon them. I I don't want to, I want to just interject here for a second, because we talk about the emperor being so many, like a hundred steps ahead of everybody else in his, I have foreseen it. Yeah, I made it. Did the emperor know? Did the emperor have some premonition that Maul was going to pull what he did? And so he timed it right, knowing that they would go off to save him, which would leave Maul out to de- like, how calculating was he that they Quite basically possible. had? Well, think about it. Maul and the emperor are like, have these, these sort of uh, inner machinations going on at the same time. And they're competing. Yeah. There's a good bet to that. In the in the comic, in the Son of Dathomir comic, he basically yeah. is just 
he's just let go. There's like almost zero resistance to his escape, which you think would be far oh, different. Yeah, you would, unless he's putting him in place like another freaking playing him like a pawn. Yeah, it's like a new. They just let us go. <laughs> no escape is that easy. <laughs> the guy just like dropped the key and kicked it under my door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But at this point, with almost a disregard for Ahsoka, he asks, why her? Why would Kenobi send her? And Ahsoka suggests, you know, if you surrender, we can go ask him. But Maul tells her that would be pointless because the Jedi and the Republic will no longer be the controlling interest in the galaxy. Mm, and when yeah. Ahsoka asks if it will be with Maul, he tells her plainly, no, Darth Sidious. And her right. eyes go wide. And there goes that whole, like, there it is again. Yeah. The Sith Lord is telling the truth, but yeah, you can't believe him because he's a Sith Lord. Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just then, uh, the clone troopers arrive, and Maul immediately takes a swing at Ahsoka with his saber, but she's ready and expertly blocks his strike. And they begin to trade strikes back and forth, but Maul blocks her and utters, Not yet. And then he forces Ahsoka a couple steps back before throwing Rex into Ahsoka, buying him a moment to escape back into the tunnels. It's an interesting contrast here. We talked about like coming back and doing season seven of Clone Wars after Rebels has already been out for a while. Is he using like the Rebels era, like the thin bladed saber where she's still using the big old chunky? It kind of looks that way. It does. It does look a little thinner too. Yeah. It does. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Just an interesting visual I just noticed. Yeah. But uh, they're only down a moment before Ahsoka and the clones rush into the tunnels in hot pursuit. And the clones, they split up to cover more ground, but they end up getting turned around and running into each other. So with uh, Maul temporarily lost, we cut to later, and we are back inside the city where Ahsoka, Rex, and Bo-Katan are with a hologram of Obi-Wan studying the hologram of the tunnel system. And Ahsoka relays that uh, the name that Maul dropped, Darth Sidious, and Obi-Wan tells him what the Council suspects so far. He tells them that Sidious is the one who orchestrated the Clone Wars and has been playing both sides. And Obi-Wan first heard the name from Count Dooku, but Dooku is no longer available for questioning as Anakin killed him while rescuing the Supreme Chancellor. So How bad does Obi-Wan feel right now? Yeah, probably a little bit. I would think so. Eating your words. But there, there's a look of shock and disbelief on the face of Ahsoka at the thought of Anakin killing Dooku. And but Obi presses on saying that if you capture Maul, maybe he can provide the missing piece to the mystery of Sidious. And Ahsoka asks Obi-Wan, you know, can you send more men? But he replies he cannot because he's being sent to Utapau to hunt down Grievous. Ahsoka asks if maybe Anakin can provide the reinforcements needed, but Obi-Wan asks to speak with her alone. Kenobi then tells her that Anakin is on special assignment from the Jedi Council. And when she asks what the assignment is, he tells her it, he's been told to monitor the Supreme Chancellor, which Ahsoka counters spy on the Supreme Chancellor. <laughs> but Obi-Wan tells her that the Senate has let Palpatine remain in power long after his term expired, and the Council just wants to know what his true intentions are. Ahsoka points out that the Chancellor has been a great friend, an ally, and a mentor to Anakin, and that he must not be happy with the assignment. But Obi-Wan agrees, no, he's not. So Obi-Wan suggests it might be good for her to speak to Anakin, but she fires back that she is hardly the best candidate to speak to Anakin in defense of the Jedi Council. And uh, Obi-Wan, he says uh, that the Council isn't always right, and that's why he's asking for her help. 
But before she can respond, Rex interrupts with news of another attack. And Obi-Wan says she should go. But she pauses a moment and turns back and she says to Obi-Wan, tell Anakin. But she trails off and Obi-Wan responds with, I will. Yeah, Amen. I think we talked about this before. The Tell him what? Yeah, Uns- tell him it's what? like an unspoken thing, right? You know, it's that is that two ships crossing in the night? Like, uh, yeah, uh, because that that you know really changes things. From my big brother taught me how to fight. Yeah, the Skywalker Academy to well something else. Yeah, a more respected colleague <laughs> or something. I think it's I think it's something like tell him everything I want to say, but I can't say it right now. Yeah, oh maybe Just tell him tell him everything. Maybe. Like tell you know. And it's yeah, yeah, yeah. and don't get me wrong, it's it doesn't not include tell him I love him, but that I yeah. mean it's yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's plutonic. I don't think it's ever been that other thing romantically. Yeah, I don't like some people are like have sort of shipped that uh, idea that Padme was jealous, and I I just never ever got that. I mean, I have never you ever seen the either. interview with um with Ashley Eckstein where it's it's at a Comic Con panel and she's with. Um, Oh, Matt Lanter, Matt Lanter, and the day they met, they were instructed. Like <laughs> she had been given instructions: you're 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 not to fall in love with the character. You you're you're you are his apprentice. This is yeah. a strictly student yeah. teacher, brother sister. And so she like introduced herself. I'm Ashley, and we'll nothing will ever happen between us. Basically, <laughs> that was like <laughs> in real life. You know, that's kind of cool. That so I, cool. I um yeah. I don't. I, I've never subscribed to that. I've never got that vibe ever uh, off it. And I think, I think if she's saying anything in that moment, it's it's tell him everything that I can't right now. Yeah, yeah. She's got to be getting visions like she's just as powerful. Like she's yeah. so up there in terms of power level compared to some of the Jedi. They, we don't really get into that. She's an apprentice. She's a she's a thirteen year old girl and. We see her do cool stuff, but it's always overshadowed by the cooler stuff Obi-Wan and especially Anakin are doing. We certainly can't discredit that everything that she's gone through in terms of of, of challenging her skill level places her squarely. She yes. would be a knight. She would be Top a Jedi tier. knight. Top yeah, tier. absolutely. Yeah, and, no and, and therefore, right she must be getting visions of the future. You would think. At the same time. So that's, you know, yeah. we'll just leave that yeah. dangling there kind of. Yeah. We cut to uh, images of many dead clone troopers, and one trooper relays that they were ambushed on their way to reinforce C deck. Ahsoka sends Rex to make sure C deck is properly secured, but the one trooper who survived calls out to her, and she recognizes him as Sterling. And he tells her that uh, Maul went right through them one by one, asking about Ahsoka. And somehow realizing that Arc Trooper Jesse was older, Maul took him alive. We cut to elsewhere and Jesse does his best to resist as Maul, you know, waxes about the plan, the grand plan that he even he wasn't privy to all of its design. And he continues that he was cast aside after playing his part in it all, but in the chaos to come, he can survive. He then instructs Gar Saxon to eliminate the prime minister so he doesn't become an asset for their enemies. And Maul then tells Jesse that there's information he needs to know, but Jesse insists he won't help. But Maul, using the Force, begins to rip the info from Jesse's mind, forcing him to reveal who Ahsoka Tano is. Later on at the cell block, uh, Rex, Ahsoka, and Bo visit the Prime Minister, demanding to know what Maul's plan is, 
and how he intends to escape. But the prime minister tells them that Maul has no plan of escape because he doesn't intend to go anywhere. For weeks, Maul has been having visions of an impending event, making him paranoid. And Ahsoka asks if he's mentioned the name Darth Sidious. The minister says no, but then Bo inquires why he wanted Kenobi to come. But the minister, nah, the minister says it's not just Kenobi, but someone else as well. If only he could remember. At this point, Oka, Ahsoka, she is ticked. It's like, Bo, help him remember. But before he can speak, he's shot twice by Gar Saxon. And Bo-Katan, she gives chase while Rex goes for medical help, leaving Ahsoka behind where, with his dying breath, the Prime Minister tells her Maul also wanted Skywalker. After a lengthy chase and battle, uh, Gar Saxon manages to escape. But when he gets back to the hideout, Maul is in the middle of telling the Syndicate leaders to go into hiding. And Maul notes that the dark side has never been stronger and then gives a rousing speech to his troops about dying in battle as warriors. On the surface, though, the clones usher civilians to safe spaces, but they're not happy about it. And from the balcony above, Rex, Bo, and Ahsoka watch. And Bo tells them that uh, this occupation can't last much longer. The people won't stand for it. And she won't stand for it. But Rex relates that it was her who asked for help. And they don't want to be here as a police force any longer than they need to. So Ahsoka interjects and says, you know, that as soon as we have Maul, the Republic forces will depart and Bo will have her chance to lead. But as they enter into the throne room, Darth Maul is waiting for them with Jesse in shackles. Bo rushes in, guns blazing. But I love this sequence because Maul just like deflects each shot with yeah. the force. Yeah. And then just straight up restrains her in the middle of the room and asks if that's any way to treat the right, treat the rightful ruler of Mandalore. We're getting a lot of, uh, um, we're getting some sequel era sort of force use in, a little bit, in yeah. this episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With the, I'm going to rend it from your mind yeah, and like, now I'm going to bend a blaster bolt. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Cause I think it's cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, Kylo Ren, he just kind of stopped them mid yeah, yeah, yeah. here, but Maul's just kind of redirecting. But, I mean, Vader, like, literally blocked them with his palm. That's right, yeah. Yeah, he just took it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He then tells them that, uh, as an act of good faith, he's returning Jesse to them. And Jesse makes his way across the room and sadly tells them that he told Maul everything. Ahsoka tries to comfort him and then tells Rex, get Jesse out of here. And outside, multiple explosions fill the sky as uh, Maul's incoming forces fly toward the ground. And Maul, he suggests someone should go deal with that. And Ahsoka tells Bo, go, your people need you. And smugly, Maul says, well, don't stay on my account. We'll be fine. And it's, he's just so yeah. all over the board here. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once Bo is gone, Maul looks out the window and remarks how blissfully ignorant both sides are. And Ahsoka asks if he wants to tell her what this is about or if he wants to save it for the council. But Maul replies, no. She is the one he wants to talk to. Maul asks uh, if she was cast out of the Jedi Order, but she replies she left voluntarily. But Maul fires back that she was motivated to leave because of the hypocrisy of the Jedi Council. And this hits a close to home as we can see Maul has struck a nerve. He continues that they were both just tools for greater powers, but Ahsoka takes a hard stance and says, you know, she's here to bring him to justice. He's not wrong, though. No, again, he's like telling he's the not truth. Wrong. They never lie. That's the problem. No, they just, yeah. I mean, it, it's veiled, right? Yeah. 
Maul laughs that justice is merely the construct of the current power base, which by his calculations is about to change. What a line. Yeah. Ahsoka postures that Darth Sidious is behind it, but Maul says Darth Sidious is behind everything in the shadows, but he will soon reveal himself. And Ahsoka says that with Maul's help, the Jedi Council can stop him before it's too late. But he tells her it's already too late. The Republic has already fallen. She just can't see it. There is no order, law, or justice except for the one that will replace it. And he continues that the time of the Jedi has passed. They cannot defeat Sidious. But together, he and Ahsoka can. And with hand outstretched, he tells her that every decision she's ever made has brought her to this moment. And she reflects on his words as outside the battle's really heating up. And funny point here the shadows on her face have intensified in this moment just before we cut to the outside skirmish yeah, yeah. gives the exact same speech to ezra years later yeah it, it really gives off that sort of you know father son vader and luke yeah you know, together me. we can rule the galaxy yeah that's that's all a, a a sith wants it's like almost like where when they talk about um a Jedi's weakness is their uh, compassion. It's compassion, almost a, yeah. a Sith's weakness that he's seeking for someone to replace it. Yeah. I love this next frame because the window explodes in a hail of fire, oh. sparks, and glass shards, yeah. but neither Force user is budging. Oh. And Ahsoka says she will help Maul if he answers one question. And Maul tells her she needs only ask it. And she asks what he wanted with Anakin Skywalker. And he tells her that he is the key to everything. And when she asks, is he fees the key to balancing the force? He says, no, to destroy. He also tells her that uh, he has long been groomed by Maul's former master as his new apprentice. But Ahsoka tells Maul he's lying. But Maul tells her he's not afraid. In fact, he orchestrated the whole war in order to lure Kenobi and Skywalker here. So he could kill Anakin and deprive Sidious of his new apprentice. Mm, wouldn't that have been something else? Yeah. <laughs> Ahsoka <laughs> takes her stance saying uh, she knows Anakin and Maul's vision is flawed. But Maul suggests that the Padawan needs one more lesson. Maul ignites his double saber and uh, the two commence like a visually spectacular battle. Yeah, this was the first uh, fully mo-capped battle in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And uh, it intercuts with scenes from the battle raging outside, but uh, Maul manages to knock one of Ahsoka's sabers away, only to have her retrieve it with the Force, turning it on midair, and he very nearly missed it by twisting out of the way. And at this point, Ahsoka gives a smile and cites Maul's lucky Anakin didn't come. He wouldn't last long fighting as he is. And yeah. Such a good line. Upset Maul cites Kenobi's arrogance is in her, but she retorts she has many qualities he will dislike. Uh, they continue with Ahsoka eventually gaining the upper hand, only had to have Maul strike her from above, but she falls back on the floor and with a well-placed kick hurls Maul out the window above the throne room, carving two saber slashes into the wall as he goes. Ahsoka follows him outside and takes measure of the battle going on just as Bo-Katan and the other night owls arrive, turning the tide for the clone troopers. She spots Maul scaling up a rooftop and quickly follows. Below, Gar Saxon calls Maul for reinforcements, but above on the rafters of the, do- of the Dome City, Maul tells him no as his ride is about to arrive. He then tells him, die well, and cuts off the comm. 
but from behind him, Ahsoka ignites her sabers and calls out, Obi-Wan was right. You are difficult to kill. Got another comment coming in here. Uh, Sarah says the battle between Ahsoka and Darth Maul is epic and stunningly produced. Yeah. Um, I don't remember second favorite lightsaber battle in all of star Wars. I don't remember the, the stunt performer that Mo capped Ahsoka, but this is Ray Park back as mm-hmm. uh, all for this. It yeah. sure is. Yeah. Cause like there's a few maneuvers he pulls off and it's like, yeah, that's definitely his style. It's very much. Yeah. And, and again, it's fully mo capped watching it too. Lauren and I were wondering if, all of Ahsoka wasn't mo-capped because she moves so much differently than, than a lot of the other characters, even when she's just moving through the environment. There's definitely something to be said for the, uh, the aging process because uh, Rosario Dawson does not fight like Ahsoka Tano, not one bit, <laughs> no high flying uh, split kicks. And uh, <laughs> although I'm curious to, see, to know if we'll see some of that maybe in the live action series, if they'll, maybe if they'll up their game with a stunt performer who can do that kind of stuff. But so far, I mean, they had, her. it was, it was cut so that we couldn't see the lack of sort of CGI or the actress's ability to do such things, but she she, really did move through the smoke, right? She backflips, you know, 30 feet onto a roof and then dashes across rooftops. And and, the two commence their battle again, high above the city, bounding from rafter to rafter. And Maul barks that they could have destroyed Sidious together. But Ahsoka retorts that he would only take his place. And Maul, he manages to land a kick, knocking Ahsoka back and off balance, causing her almost to fall. Just then, a ship radios from above that Maul must depart now. So he rushes up one of the rafters and cuts a hole in the glass above. But before he can exit, Ahsoka has recovered and knocks him back down to the lower rafters. They quickly resume, and Maul manages to knock Ahsoka's sabers from her hands and then slices the beam that they're standing on, and then Force jumps over, forcing the beam to bend even further. Uh, Ahsoka is not in the best spot at this point. Uh, No. And again, the high ground comes into play here, right? (laughs) Always the high ground, yeah. And it is not Maul's thing. (laughs) Like, he has the high ground. He should have the full advantage here. Don't taunt them when you have the high ground. Just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, below, Rex looks up and notices the ship's spotlight on Maul and Ahsoka and rushes to get a gunship into the air. Above, Maul reaches his hand out and asks once more, join him or die. But unrelenting, Ahsoka tells him never. So Maul, he presses forward, but Ahsoka dodges only to grab the hilt of his saber. And with a twist, she further cuts the beam, causing Maul to fall. But she halts his fall with the force as he screams, let him fall or let me die. Yeah knowing full well what's coming well i mean from his perspective it's got to be better than what would be coming after that yeah but three gunships approach and maul continues to scream that they're all going to burn they're all going to die they don't understand what's coming two mandalorians use their cables to tether maul while rex stuns him and he goes limp and looking up they tell ahsoka that they'll take him from here and alone on the beam, Ahsoka looks up at the shattered hole in the ceiling. And before the camera pulls back from her, we see explosions are still going off below. And you can see your thoughts here. Like, what if Maul wasn't lying? Yeah. yeah. And then we fade to black. He was so close to getting away. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that episode. Now we move on to the next one. You're right, though. Mm-hmm. Enough. There's enough. Uh, you know, if you to turn left uh, instead of turning right, 
yeah. we could have had some very different outcomes. Yep. Like if Gar Saxon killed Bo-Katan and Ahsoka with those two shots. Yeah, really. I know we, we talked about that in our, our other long-form version of this, but it blows my mind. They, they had their backs turned. They couldn't react in time, but he put two in the chest between them Yeah. on either side of their heads. That's a very different, that's a what if big yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he was following orders, right? Like eliminate that's the true. prime minister. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, given what Ahsoka has just gone through and we're coming back to sort of her development as a character, um, where do you think she stands now compared to where we started uh, one episode ago? I think you fight Darth Maul. Yeah. And you live. Go, you go toe to toe with Maul and live. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're an Obi-Wan level duelist. Agreed. You like, go toe to toe like, with him and win. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting though, given her like, you know, th- this, this, reminds me of some of the earlier like her no you're lying like the naivety that yeah. young ahsoka displayed you know season one ahsoka displayed mm. yeah no no you're lying it's still she like possibly she's she's hopes wellspring at her core she doesn't want to yeah. believe this of course not yeah like that's yeah. the most that's more painful than being kicked out of the order and and it, that's the most painful thing that's yeah when we get to rebels oh does it it breaks her that but does that oh. not like knowing that he didn't lie to her knowing that that he did tell the truth does that help to steal her resolve for who she becomes as fulcrum going into rebels i mean that's a that's a good bet um you you you've you've got to harden your heart and and we'll get there when we get to yeah. rebels but even yeah. in that moment she she does exactly what luke does she's they're still good in you i'm not going to kill you yeah until you know until that that moment is revealed that that anakin is really dead you know yeah yeah metaphorically well our next episode here uh season seven episode 11 part three shattered uh episode 132 chronologically uh originally aired may 1st 2020 and the synopsis reads that ahsoka returns maul to the jedi on coruscant and her world is turned upside down when Order 66 is declared. So we open uh, in the morning after Maul's capture, and Bo-Katan surveys the aftermath of the battle as a gunship comes in for a landing. And as the doors slide open, we see Ahsoka, Rex, and others. And as she steps out, we see a bound and unconscious Maul slumping inside the ship. Bo greets her, returning her lightsabers to her, and cites that she actually captured Maul, where so many others have failed. And Ahsoka says she learned from the best, including Bo. It's a nice compliment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Bo laments that she wishes she was good at something other than war. I kind of wish that, you know, that we got to see more knowing that, you know, it's like, oh, we've tracked Maul down. I, it, do it in a comic book or do it. Maybe there's not enough for a novel. I would have loved to have seen that there, you know, the, the Bo and Ahsoka uh, show. You're like, what did they do? How long did they hang out together tracking Maul? Yeah. I, I would like to have seen that. Because, like, going to the Mandalorian where Bo is like, you know, you're going to go find a Jedi here. Right. Yeah. Implying, like, you'll yeah. find my old friend. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Her, yeah, of course. So, Yeah. Interesting that they have a, a, a relationship that we could definitely explore more. Yeah. But, uh, lamenting she's 
good at something other than war, Ahsoka tells her that her people need a new kind of leader. But Bo says her sister tried that, and she could never understand her ideals. Just then, Rex approaches them and tells them that the council is waiting in the communications room. And Ahsoka asks if they managed to reach Anakin. And Rex says he was there when he left. And we see Ahsoka light up just a little bit. Inside the communications building, Mace Windu, Yoda, Alia Sakura, and Kiamundi uh, discuss the Chancellor and what to do if he should refuse to relinquish his power after the destruction of Grievous. And down a dark path, this will lead them, says Yoda. Ahsoka and Rex enter the room, and Mace asks if her mission was a success. And she responds, yes, Maul is in custody, and she will escort him with Commander Rex to Coruscant. Mm. Yoda thanks her for a great service to the Republic. And Ahsoka says she did her duty as a citizen. So at this point, uh, at this point, uh, we we presume Mace's uh, on Coruscant, Yoda's on on Kashyyyk, yep. uh, Mundi's on Magito, and, and Ayla Secura is at um, at um, oh my God. planet, uh, um, Felucia. Felucia. There you go. Yeah, and this was this was part of his plan. Sidious's plan was to to step up the uh, intensity of the battles in the outer rim to draw the, the main generals away, away from Coruscant. From Coruscant. And keep Anakin there. A yeah. crafty bastard. Yeah. Oh, man. The craftiest. Somehow, but... Palpatine has returned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she says she did her duty as a citizen with Yoda questioning, not as a Jedi? And she answers, no, not yet. So she's on the fence. But what Maul said weighs heavy. This is interesting, though, because that's Yoda without saying it, saying the door is open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The door is open. Yeah. She inquires about General Skywalker, but Windu tells her that he sent him to inform the Chancellor that they have located Grievous on Utapau. And when Ahsoka questions Kenobi, Yoda says, yes, engage the enemy he has. And looking hopeful, Ahsoka says the war could be over soon. But Windu tells her that that depends on the Chancellor. And when she questions what that means, he tells her it's not for citizens and only for the Council to discuss. Oh, Mace Windu, you asshole. <laughs> and with that bullheaded act, Mace Windu has sealed their fate. Yeah, right. Uh, and Ahsoka, not wanting to argue, just accepts this. And one by one, the hollow transmission cease until only Yoda remains. And he asks if she has more to say or possibly a message for Anakin. And she hesitates. And then says, no, thinking she has more time. She says she'll tell him herself when she sees him next. And when Yoda's transmission ceases, Rex steps forward and says, uh, you didn't tell them what Maul said about Anakin. But she simply says, no, I didn't. And you figured knowing- the war, the, the war being over, like it's not over yet, but the war heading towards an ending would be. Yep. Conditions that would be ripe for her return. You think she's got to be. Like that's why she's like the, the war could be over. She might be able to return con- guilty free, guilt free, conscience like conscience clean. Yep. Uh, in a non wartime position to explore maybe, yeah, relationships. And... But I'm... I think that there's some disillusionment still there. Like oh yeah yeah yeah. If I come back, what's really changed? The the order hasn't changed. No, so no. what am I going back to? Yeah. And that plays into why she didn't tell him anything because knowing full well what they'd put her through yeah. with no evidence, what would the council have done to Anakin with the knowledge of what Maul said oh, about he so true, being yeah. Sidious's yeah. new apprentice? Yeah, being set up for it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, we know that Mace would have. Uh, well, then I guess even up. yeah, even Anakin didn't know he was the apprentice. No. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, later on, through a formal procession, uh, a now imprisoned Maul is escorted to a Republic ship in a Mandalorian Force containment unit, and Rex and Ahsoka exchange a glance, and then she steps forward and bows to Bo-Katan. Rex joins the procession, and the containment unit is loaded onto the ship. And Ahsoka calls the unit impressive, citing that even Maul couldn't get out. Well, we've had an entire, uh, what, uh, three seasons now of live action television uh, since this has come out. Can we just circle back to this for a second and go, is that Beskar? Maybe. (laughs) And if it is, does that mean that Beskar has other effects on the Force? Force uh, dampening? Dampening? (laughs) Yeah. Quite possibly, yeah. I mean, there's a few, you know, they could have like skinned some, what are they called? You Salamiri. Salamiri and then tucked them in there. Like there's, there's a few things that naturally repel the force. Yeah. Um, So uh, it's, I mean, it's impossible. Uh, I would, I would, if I were them, it would be built at a Beskar just so they physically couldn't break out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Probably some other weird space wizard magic. (laughs) Multiple things going at it to ensure. That's all you need to know. Yeah. It's anti, it's anti space wizard. <laughs> and it looks enough like carbonite to be super cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. But Bo tells her it's a relic from a bygone era when Mandalorians had reason to imprison you force wielding maniacs as they both smile. Ahsoka says that she thought Bo's sister had outlawed such devices and Bo confirms she did. This is the last one. The two women share a handshake and Bo tells her goodbye. Ahsoka just nods and boards the ship. The doors close and they lift off. Aboard the ship, though, Maul watches from his prison before closing his eyes to reach out with the Force. And Ahsoka, she takes notice and there's a troubled look that comes across her face. Yeah, like, what are you trying to do? Even in there, he's still Still trying to reach out. Yeah, yeah. At the ship, uh, when it docks with the Star Destroyer orbiting above Mandalore, they offload Maul and escort him to a holding cell. Rex and Ahsoka enter the bridge with all the troops saluting her. Again, just, you know, showing that respect from the troops to her. That's right. Yeah. And uh, they get to the front and uh, the ship makes the jump to light speed and they're off. And as they stare forward, Rex asks if there's something on Ahsoka's mind. And she tells him that the Jedi were supposed to be keepers of the peace, not soldiers. But ever since she was a Padawan, all she's ever been is a soldier. A child soldier child soldier man yep but rex offers some comfort that like her all the clones have ever known as being a soldier and because of that many clones have mixed feelings about the war many wish it never happened but if it never happened the clones wouldn't exist and uh ahsoka tells him that uh, some good has come from it then as the republic couldn't ask for better soldiers nor her a better friend the two exchange a smile then a salute and just then a soldier approaches about an incoming briefing and Rex asks, you know, you want to come along? There might be good news about General Kenobi. But she tells him, go, it's probably just more good news. And Rex exits, leaving Ahsoka alone on the bridge. It's an interesting comment here coming in from Twitch tonight. We don't often get uh, many viewers on Twitch, but uh, Emma Emma 19988 says, random question. If you could choose any celebrity to see get tickled, who would it be? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, 
that's um, one that's never crossed I, I do like thank you for breaking the <laughs> breaking the flow that was interesting uh random celebrity ticklings uh are ticklings wow. even permitted anymore i don't know i don't know um she's just she follows up by saying uh i'd say justin bieber as he is quite arrogant and he'd hate it <laughs> uh, oh my gosh wow um do, do you even have an answer for that i i would have to think long and hard about that man um it's the same as my fight club answer william shatner <laughs> william shatner <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I don't have an answer for this. I'm still. <laughs> uh, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Emma one nine nine eight eight. Thank you for your question. Uh, great way to, to break up the flow of things tonight. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Cause we're about to get uh, really heavy here. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Oh, we got one more. Oh, wait. Uh, do you agree with my choice? It would be funny to see his reaction. Man, I'm not a Bieber fan. I I, I don't know. I'm not a believer. A believer. <laughs> I'm so a old. Believer. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> What's that baby, baby, baby kid? He's from Canada, unfortunately. Yeah. All right. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, inside the holding cell, Maul's eyes, they go wide. And the moment is at hand on the bridge. Ahsoka senses it as well. As we hear the audio that transpires when Anakin stops Mace from killing the chancellor, giving Palpatine the opportunity to cut off Windu's arm and cast him out the window. Oh, we get the, uh, the, the, everybody's having the, uh, Oh, my head hurts moment. Yeah. She hears Anakin cry out. What have I done? And she says his name inside the briefing room. The emperor gives the command execute order 66. And Rex complies with a, yes, Lord Sidious. Just then the doors open and Ahsoka tells Rex she's felt something terrible happen. But Rex's hand shakes and his helmet drops to the floor. Suddenly two troopers flanking Ahsoka raise their weapons, but Rex barks out, no, I'll do it. And Ahsoka asks Rex, what's happening? And he tells her, stay back, pointing both blasters at her. His hands shake and he stutters before he manages to tell Ahsoka, find fives before he opens fire mm, yeah Man. yeah yeah such a throwback to that little uh juicy tidbit yeah like he's, he's actively fighting it here him yeah. him him fighting it every time gets me yeah but ahsoka dodges and knocks rex back against the table striking his head and the others open fire as she deflects with her lightsabers before using the force to shut the bridge door she again tries to question rex but more troopers arrive and open fire and a flurry of fire and lightsaber slashes escalate, causing the room to become smoky. And they call for a ceasefire finally when the lightsaber slashes stop, thinking they've killed her. But as the smoke clears, we find that all the fire Ahsoka deflected was sent upwards, firing a hole in the ceiling in which she's escaped. Very clever. And again, like just as a, as far as like a lightsaber display. Yeah. Wow. We've seen Jedi deflect uh, blaster bolts like all the time, but uh, not like this not with purpose not like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But another trooper asks rex if he's okay and he replies he's fine just tired he then tells the trooper to head to the detention level and execute maul he then relays that ahsoka has been marked for termination by order 66 and elaborates that all jedi must be destroyed for treason 
along with any clones who don't comply. He then rallies the clones to form search teams and begins sweeping the ship section by section. Then we cut down to the detention cell and those two troopers enter, unlock Maul's chamber, ready to execute him. But before they can, Ahsoka shows up and skillfully knocks them both out. Then putting her blade to Maul's throat, she tells him, don't make me regret this. And unlocking his restraints, he falls to the floor, shocked that Ahsoka is still alive. And again, she puts the blade right to his throat and asks, is this his doing? Noting to choose his words wisely. He tells her, no, it's not his doing. He doesn't know what has happened, but he asks that surely she has felt it as well. The screams and the death. And with this, Ahsoka backs away and tells Maul, the clones turned on her like they weren't themselves. And Maul begins to chuckle, calling it brilliant. He continues that he didn't know the extent of his master's plan, but he sees it now, and it's brilliant, turning the Jedi's own armies against them. And this sets Ahsoka back a step. What Maul says is true. We're finally getting it now. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't lie to you. No. But uh, he stands up and proceeds to go into a spiel about coming to him was the right move, and only how together they can survive this. But Ahsoka cuts him off, again, blade to throat, telling him, you have the wrong idea. I'm not there for a team-up. I just need a diversion, and you're it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she tells him, you know, go cause some chaos. That's what you're good at. And as Ahsoka exits the cell, Maul follows her out and asks her to give him a fighting chance by surrendering one of her sabers. But she tells him bluntly, I'm not rooting for you. And then ushers him, get going. And the look on his face is just pure disgust here. I love that she is, uh, you know, these are very, this is still war. Yeah. Like you're well, uh, you are well and far entrenched into enemy territory now. Yeah. Um, I think it's brilliant the way that she's handling herself. Yeah. And like, he's still coming at it from like, I can sway you to my side. I can still use you and groom you as mine, but she's having none of it. No, no. And I like the fact that she's like, I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to actively hinder you either. Yeah. And you'll, you'll serve my purpose. Oh, and by the way, if the clones happen to get a hold of you, eh, that's okay too. Yeah. <laughs> if she was embodying Obi-Wan's training in the Martez sisters arc with her ninja skills and stealthiness, yeah, yep. she's embodying Anakin here like crazy. Yeah. His confidence, his tactical prowess, his ability with the force and the lightsaber, just incredible. Yeah. Later, troopers report back to Rex that uh, they've completed their sweep of the detention level and there is no sign of Maul or Tano. And Rex tells them to destroy the escape pods and increase security on the hangar deck. Meanwhile, Asokali has stealthily made her way to the droid locker and there she asks for R7's help, but suddenly all the droids are activate, excited to see her and full of questions as to what's going on. And it's another great character moment for Ahsoka because she gives the droids the same acknowledgement she would any sentient being. Yeah, yeah. And she tells the droids she doesn't know what's going on with the clones, but she needs their help. And R7 is her personal astromech yeah. uh, that flew with her. So, I mean, this is a reunion of sorts. Yeah. But the other two, uh, I think it's Cheap Cheap and Gigi. Uh, oh, again, right, 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 right. Uh, Ahsoka tells the droids that uh, they might be able to do something about it, but it will be dangerous. And she even asks the droids, are you sure you want to help? But the droids are more than happy to help her. And she asks R7 to pull up all files on CT5555. They discover 
a finding report on CT5555 experiencing a malfunction with his inhibitor chip. And the Senate committee and the Jedi Council just accepted this, but a grievance was filed by CT7567. And when R7 tries to bring it up, he tells Ahsoka that it's sealed. But she tells him, try Anakin's passcode, 8108, and this opens the file. It's Rex, noting that this report will fall on deaf ears, but he owes it to fives. He suspects that the inhibitor chips may serve another function that they're not yet aware of. It's amazing that, you know, knowing that, you know, these guys never took, they never took any leave. They never had any time off that knowing that, that you wouldn't on your own, like, I'm going to go find a doctor outside of the Republic that can look at this thing. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) I do have a side note here though. Yeah. Uh, One of the files that gets pulled up is on uh, Jedi master Tiplar. Oh, right. Yeah. The, uh, the first Jedi to be fall victim of Order right. 66. Yeah, yeah. When, right. Back in that, yeah. that, uh, that arc. Yeah. yeah. When the inhibitor chip of 501st clone trooper Tups malfunctions on the mission uh, on the space station orbiting Ringo Vinda. Right. And it was mm-hmm. this incident that led Fives to uncover the existence and function of the chips. Back here, we get to watch Maul go through uh, trooper by trooper in some really gruesome ways as he makes his way through the hallways. So, you know, like you really needed an extra advantage. Yeah. But we catch up with the droids who roll out in front of Rex, stopping in the hallway and separated from his squad. The droids seal Rex in closing off the blast doors on all sides. And R seven then plays a message from Ahsoka who says she thinks she knows what's happening. Rex demands to know where she is, but she's right behind him. And as he turns to face her, R seven shocks Rex, rendering him unconscious. And with uh, the droids working together, they form a makeshift stretcher and commence to take Rex to the med bay. Once inside the med bay, though, they get Rex on the table and Ahsoka asks R7 to run a scan for the chip, which on first pass appears not to be there. Ahsoka tells Gigi that if the clones manage to unlock the door, he has to reseal it again as quickly as possible. And they scan again with no luck. So Ahsoka moves to Rex's side and lays her hands upon his head closing her eyes and begins to repeat, I am one with the force and the force is with me. Rex begins to repeat the phrase as well through his unconscious state. And with the force assist, the chip appears on the display and arc seven confirms they found it and tells Ahsoka that, uh, you know, we found it. Yeah. She fires back, get Rex under and remove it. Unsure if it will work, but if it doesn't, they're dead anyway. That's right. Rex slides into the machine as the clones outside finally override the door and Gigi readies to reseal the door. And Ahsoka takes up a defensive position between the clones and Rex again, putting herself between people, right? Yeah. Or between the threat. And- no, absolutely. That's what she does. Yeah. She deflects the uh, force pushes trooper after trooper back as Rex begins to stir. And Ahsoka is, is struck and loses one of her sabers, but she continues to repel the advancing troops and Rex reaches for his blaster. And like the music is crazy intense here. I remember watching Ooh. this the first time and you're like, he's going to bullseye her right in the back of the head and she'll never see it coming. Yeah. Ahsoka cries for Gigi to reseal the door, but we don't uh, see what happens. And all we see is Rex's blasters fire, but the shots are not aimed at Ahsoka. Instead, they strike down firing troops And the door seals when Ahsoka spins around. Rex, still with his pistols in hand, she asks, are you okay? 
and shaking, he lowers his weapons and tells her, yes, apologizing for earlier when he tried to kill her. Ahsoka asks, no, how widespread is this? And Rex tells her, it's all of us. The entire Grand Army of the Republic has been ordered to hunt down and destroy the Jedi Knights. Yep. They only have a moment to reflect on this as the troopers outside begin to cut through the door. Ahsoka knows that it's only going to get worse, and we cut to black. Mm. Uh, nothing like waking up on a on a surgical bed you know gunfire coming at you that and the realization that you've been your body and your brain have been violated you've been a puppet yeah this is what we talked about before too that every clone that killed a jedi or killed one of their own remembers it yeah yeah they couldn't control themselves yeah they get to sit back and watch themselves do it no wonder, right. uh, you know, we see uh, washed up guys on the side of the road with, you know, PTSD, right? Like, yeah. Oh, especially 501st. Right. Right. Yeah. Seventh inning stretch. Give me two minutes, fellas. Yeah, of course. Of course. Take us out. No problem at all. Entertain them. <laughs> so. Secret Invasion Episode One. Secret Invasion Episode One. Uh, first of all, um, I got the, uh, did you get the secret website thing? I did get the secret website and uh, got the code, watched the first five minutes, thought, oh, and as soon as I watched it, minor spoiler alert, I'm like, okay, so Ross is a scroll. You came away with that? (laughs) I did. I I was holding it. Of course he is. No, don't let him be a scroll. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, watch the episode and uh, yep, that Ross was indeed a scroll. Yeah, but that means real Ross is somewhere else. He's out there somewhere. Yeah. Um, hopefully, uh, this isn't too big a spoiler for everybody. Um, but Andy, you and I talked about this before. We'll probably talk about it again on uh, Tuesday night during uh, Random Fandom. But mm-hmm. like, uh, the list of of uh, of like what I call top tier supporting characters that have gotten like completely screwed over by the franchise has now grown. And I got, I got, you know, a feather in my craw that I am not happy with. Mm-hmm. Um, first you, first you killed Colton. Then you brought him back. You told me that agents of shield was going to be part of the MCU. And then it wasn't. So now we got no Colson. Then you took Sharon Carter and you turned her into this, like, crime boss absolute like this is not no 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 and now you've done it again what is it with these people i don't know come back on tuesday night and uh find out who we're talking about part is like she just got another action figure (laughs) she did she did (laughs) a a movie figure uh no a series a series figure but it's to support this one uh no i don't believe so it's actually just a head swap for the character Ah. I saw a funny thing uh, yesterday or today, and somebody had, uh, it was a, a picture, split screen. It was uh, uh, Talos and Nick Fury, their two Marvel legends, side by side. And it's like, look, new figures for director Krennic and Mace Windu. <laughs> Which I thought oh. was funny. <laughs> They've already announced the secret invasion Nick Fury, though. He's a good-looking figure. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. That's those are the pictures that they showed oh, in this meme. Enough. Yeah, it was you know Talos uh, as Ben Mendelsohn, obviously. Yeah, and it's like, oh, director Krennic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not um, like everything else. Uh, I'm not invested. I will watch this. Oh, I invested. enjoyed the first episode, but I'm not as invested in this phase as I was. I'm, I'm really invested in the series. I just want to know, like. 
who can you trust? I'm interested in that. Yeah. Uh, I think I may be sort of in, not an agreement, but I, the, the term, uh, what's, what's the term they've been using? Superhero, um, not saturation, but no. uh, market saturation. Well, yeah, like it's or superhero burnout. Is that it? Is that what we're calling it? I, that's what some people are trying to call it, but I don't know. It's it. been almost 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the, True. we're just talking in the movie space though. Like, mm. are, are we reaching that point now where it's like, Oh, okay. One is just like another. No, I, I don't because I know better, but maybe it sort of falls on that thing with, uh, you know, with Marvel and Disney wanting to slow down and say like, Whoa, 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 less quantity for better quality. Yeah. Hopefully that 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 is true because I'm waiting. Yeah. So like, I'm waiting. here's how I feel about it. I love comic books. I read comic books all the time. I'm never going to stop reading comic books, but I'll read a token novel. Yep. And I'll, I'll read an encyclopedia. <laughs> and I'll yeah. read. So what's happening is, and I think we were talking about it in the chat real briefly, is that, is that everybody's swinging for the fences to make blockbusters. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Art films or quality films that like a like a like a, a director's passion project. These things aren't getting made, and if they are, they're not getting the their due uh, in in mainstream Hollywood. Yeah, and I think because they're being overshadowed by it, let's let's see what's going to make a billion dollars when there's thirty, you know, hundred fifty million dollar grossing films in a summer. Like when there used to be, like, remember when we had the space to breathe? Remember when like we saw four? Batman? <laughs> yeah. And then we yeah, waited two years and we saw Jurassic Park. And then we, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, it wasn't just, you weren't bombarded. And I, yeah. I got to think, like, it was fun for a while, but I got to, I got to think that I, I prefer quality over quantity. I read a thing. I'll, I'll bring it up again. Uh, um, uh, hang on a second. I'll bring it up again on Tuesday, but I just read that, uh, uh, the folks that are making the mission impossible films, particularly Tom Cruise are upset because when Oppenheimer comes out, it is being given 100% of all IMAX screens in America, oh. which is just two weeks after mission impossible comes out, which means mission impossible will be in IMAX for a week and a bit and then gone, gone. Um, and there's a reason for that, which I'm not going to get into right now, but essentially it boils down to Christopher Nolan as a director hmm. shoots in IMAX. So they right. automatically right. get. Yeah, well, it's, and then you, you pay for the theaters that you're in. Yeah. And it's yeah, like yeah. what you talked about earlier is that the, they don't disclose their advertising budget or the no. budget that it takes to make more money. Yeah. But they just uh, say that if it doesn't double the production cost, yeah, double, double is considered. Okay. Yeah got to be double your production budget yeah. to be considered okay yeah when and it makes 300 it's, million it's still a failure which is which is crazy yeah 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 which is a crazy amount of pressure on the artists no wonder artists and writers want bigger pieces of this pie because we're now talking about billions and we're not far yeah, yep, from a movie yep. making a trillion dollars oh. somewhere <laughs> yeah really you know what i mean like yeah oh you're right you're right yeah uh before we dive into the next i was gonna episode, say before we go we uh, should we got uh, one more comment here yeah uh coming uh, in from cool. youtube tonight it's uh simon okay. Shuffle shuffleberry what's up hello there oh, thanks for hanging out with us uh tonight it's uh Kenobi. 
We are going down the whole of the uh, Order 66 arc. It is the the, the final four-episode arc of uh, Season 7 of Clone Wars. In fact, it's the final four episodes of the entire series. If you're just oh. tuning in now, we're just about to go down uh, Episode 12, the last, last, last Rabbit episode hole. of the series. This is the one that if you're going to cry, get your tissue, oh, get man. your uh, get your tissues out now. It's out. It's out. <laughs> Man, this one, okay. uh, Hank, you're going to take us through this one. and uh... I'm going to try to be composed as I can be. Okay. <laughs> uh, the arc finale. The series finale. Yeah. And, and the end of the Clone Wars. Mm. Like, man, it's teed up. When I was like, yeah, I want to do the finale. I was like, what am I getting into after? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got, oh, there's a well, question. Follow there. a question. Follow a yeah, question yeah, from yeah. Simon says, are the rumors true about the Acolyte being canceled? Apologies for being late. First of all, oh, you're no. never late. You're Whenever exactly you can where you're join supposed us. to be. Yeah. Absolutely. The Acolyte. I'm going to put zero stock in that rumor because it came from Doomcock. <laughs> I haven't heard anything that's being canceled. I saw a headline on Theory's channel and, and I didn't, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to hold off on that and I'm going to watch it later. But to be honest, I didn't hear or see any other entertainment outlet talking about this anywhere. So I'm like, okay, this is one of those. Yeah. Who did? Comicbook.com jumped on it. Another like reputable. (laughs) Like, I don't want to say anything bad about another YouTuber, but like, no, people are starting to like steer into the craziest territory. Uh, Mike Zero. God. Like, uh, and and so yeah no that's i mean and that's the ilk if you will uh and i try not to be that gatekeeper right but that's no, the kind no, of I get people it. I that get are it. putting out yeah. these rumors and i gotta yeah. think that there's like do they have that much influence that it hits like you know the fringes of mainstream media like that um i don't know i mean given what you know, we're doing and and what to the point where Ryan Johnson had paid people to misinform Mike Zero during the filming of The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's what, oh, Simon says, that's what I thought. Uh, uh, that's what I thought. We even got a trailer. Have we had an Acolyte trailer yet? I think we have had like, a teaser. Was there, oh, like the behind teaser from, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, am I thinking the wrong thing? If I've, anything's oh, going to screw I'm up some it. of these upcoming shows, it could be the, uh, the, the actors the joining strike. the strike. Yeah, yeah, as the actors got, are uh, the the reshuffled list last week. We did. Uh, was the acolyte um, not still actively on there? I didn't see the acolyte uh, getting well, shuffled around. It's a TV show or a series. I, I don't think it matters. I mean, the, I mean, it's all guild writers. Uh, yeah. Any projects using guild, which is pretty much almost everything. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a lot of stuff. You're a lot of percentage. This is what George Lucas was not a member after. That's right. Uh, he did. He was not a member of the directors' guild. Yeah. He's like, no, not going to do it. Not not do it. And then left the guild and never ever went back. Hmm. Empire Strikes Back is the biggest independent film ever made. Uh, well, it wasn't Star. So Star Wars was only distributed by Fox, but it was still right. made yeah. independently. So yeah. Hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right because he got in trouble because he put the credits you at the should. end. It was the first movie, uh, Star Wars, the first movie not to have the credits at the beginning of the film. Uh, and he's like, well, screw that. And they wanted to find him or something. So he just quit the guild. <laughs> the the I'm out. I'll make movies the way I want to make. Well, would you really want to sit through that many credits after the crawl? <sighs> <laughs> no, it totally, 
stylistically just doesn't make sense for Star no. Wars to do that. No. no, it doesn't make sense. Now we're gonna have to have the pre pre credit seven. So yeah, yeah, pre pre credit, <laughs> after credit, mid credit. How about scenes within the movie? That would be a <laughs> how about a movie? <laughs> quality scenes within a movie. Oh wait, it's just called a film. <laughs> uh, apparently, the director was trashing George Lucas on a podcast. Oh I, my! I mean, gosh. I've heard that it wasn't so much trashing George Lucas, but I could see how people would uh, construe it that. Uh, just before we dive into this, um, she's a very. I don't. I don't want to step on anybody's toes by by saying anything weird, but she's a very outspoken feminist, and she's. Uh, she said to me some questionable things about like the, uh, and I mean they're not necessarily wrong, but like the roles that women have played in in classic Star Wars and, um, in the seventies it was a different paradigm and, uh, it, you know we, we could have been a little bit more you know, uh, forthright and stuff with the way we we treated women in film, especially the writing, but I think. Yeah, I think we've recovered from that. Even these days, even Carrie's made jokes about George. There's no undergarments. Yeah, what do you mean? There's no undergarments. Yeah, and so I, I mean, I, I don't subscribe to the fact that like, uh, Star Wars is a a a boys' playground, but there's a subset of, uh, you know, like the people that are just trashing out outlaw because it's a female protagonist. I. Uh, she's pushing that agenda. Uh, we can't say without getting canceled. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Off the record, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> say no more. Here we go. All right. Victory and death. Episode 12, part four, Victory and Death. Originally aired May 4th, 2020. May 4th. I still Victory can't get over that, the, that these are three years now. Yeah. It's, My it's gosh. Amazing. You know, watching them, like, a couple of times back to back before I dissected mine, I was like, why did this not get a theatrical release? Like this one by itself or the, no, the, the whole, yeah. or, you know, just take the little middles out and, and have a, an hour and a half two almost two hour film. Sure. Sure. Nudge, nudge. Know what I mean? Directed by Nathaniel Villanova, written by Dave Floney, with the galaxy in chaos, Ahsoka and Rex are in a race to ensure their own survival. So we got the uh, the red logo and the alternate music this time with like vocals, like there, there's like eerie, yeah, ethereal uh, vocals. No, we're so far from the Clone Wars now. No pithy witticism by the actor that played Ularen. Um, right, right. No, like news flash. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. and that's because the news outlets don't exist right now. Uh, really <laughs> that's right still in hyperspace the tribunal barrels forward at light speed ahsoka and rex stand on the inside of the sealed blast door to the medical bays as the turn as the turned clones burn through the door with plasma cutters but she's got a plan at the ready rex dons his helmet and ahsoka tells him to set his blasters to stun she's not trying to kill anyone and rex takes time to joke you tell uh, tell that to them as the two arcs of plasma get closer to one another, the top of the door frame, Ahsoka tells Rex to wait, wait. Oh, there's the, an the interesting door- style thing here. Mm. In uh, uh, Old Friends Not Forgotten, Rex painted his helmet uh, to the 332nd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's back to the old, uh, with the Jag eyes. 
Maybe he's holding a borrowed helmet. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was a, I'll just go and get a new one. Symbolic, maybe. yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to, to throw you off. No, no, me. that's okay. The moment the door is cut free, Ahsoka force pushes into the hallway, sending troopers flying with it. Rex deftly stuns several clones as more file into the hallway. Ahsoka deflects the oncoming blaster fire into the walls and ceiling, while Rex continues to subdue his brothers. That's an episode of The Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Ahsoka, and you know, it's funny because in... in in your episode, Andy, he kills the first three guys that come through the door. Yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. at the sun. He actually kills the first three guys that come through the door right before they yeah. get closed. I think technically there's four. There's there's the Maybe three with the blasters, yeah. and then the one guy holding the whole door up. That's oh, right. All right. Yeah. Simon says yeah, that's we, a great shot of Ahsoka in the hallway, and it really yeah. is. Oh yeah. We. Uh, we appreciate when uh, when we catch the the right moments because I, yeah. I I know I scrutinize when I'm when I build the the yeah. slides for my my thing. I, what what images encapsulate the, you know, the and this one I, I I don't I'm not even ashamed to say I did like oh, almost 160 screen caps to whittle it down to like 20 <laughs> odd slides. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Five, four to five slides per thing, you know. So, and and I'm I'm scrutinizing over how you know how the expressions on her face. And I'm thinking to myself, how can anybody not like this style of animation? When I can go, here's five shots in 10 seconds of Ahsoka emoting, and I'm like, I don't know what to do yet. And you'll yeah. see that because I, yeah, I, yeah. I have a couple of slides that are full images because I don't even know what to say. I hear you. I hear you. Um, uh, Ahsoka instructs R7 to find them an escape route via Scomplink. For one brief moment, they take a breath. Now joined by the droids Cheap and Gigi. Ahsoka informs... Uh, <laughs> that's a typo ahsoka informs the area <laughs> oh them? Uh, them? Yeah, maybe <laughs> ahsoka informs them that the escape pods have been destroyed and the best way out is a shuttle and rex, rex asks if she's heard maul's escape but ahsoka tells him it wasn't an escape she let him go as a diversion maul, maul eavesdrop on republic comm shatter as he heads for the ship's hyperdrive chamber learning that not only is Ahsoka escaped, but their commander, Rex, is reported missing. Using nothing but the power of the Force, Maul decimates the clone troopers he, uh, he encounters as he takes control of the hyperdrive room, tearing its control panels from the floor and ripping the hyperdrive from its housing in the cascade of lightning and explosions. And it's terrible how he got a hold of that comm link, too. Because oh, he pulled the, the trooper back through a blast door. Oh, that's his arm off. off. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, aboard the Venator's Bridge, the ship begins to shudder before abruptly and chaotically dropping out of hyperspace. Coursing with the dark side of the Force, the balance now tipped dangerously in his favor. Maul rips the hyperdrive from its housing in a cascade of electrical arcs and explosions. Caught up in the gravity of the unnamed moon, the Tribunal drifts towards it. Its engine's dead. It begins to break up. Captain Rex and the former Jedi have taken the bridge. Uh, have taken the bridge. Uh, and they come to learn quickly that the hyperdrives have been destroyed and they are caught in the gravity well of the small moon. They manage to open the hangar bay door as their doom rapidly approaches and the moon fills the entire opening. Ahsoka stricken says almost to herself, we've got to get out of here. Locating the shuttle door, R7 opens it, and as the other doors in the hangar begin to open, Dozens, if not a hundred clones, rush to the hangar floor and take up formation. Jesse, now the leader, stands before them. This is like it's so painful because, man, it's 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 really hard to uh, to watch Jesse like, like super close to Ahsoka, and then 
Um, I mean, we're going to get to it. I think the next arc is Tales of the Jedi, maybe, or is it after Rebels? Uh, we're, that doing, we're doing Tales, and then it goes into Rebels. And there's two two moments in that one Tales episode that dovetail into this, and that's the J- Jesse stunning her during that training combat, and then apologizing. Right. Sorry, sorry, Commander. Sorry, Commander. Yep. yep. And then, and then two uh, episodes you know, ago, after Maul ripped it out of him, and he's like, "I'm sorry, I told I'm him." Sorry, thank you yeah. for, for her forgiveness, yeah, yeah. even though he's done yeah. nothing wrong. It's it's heart. Breaking, man. It's quite the contrast to the beginning of this arc when they go down to the to the hangar, open the door, and there's Rex and the clones standing on parade. Quite similar formation to how they're standing right now. Yeah. Mm. Um, very different circumstances. Yeah. I believe there are a hundred of them. There's nine rows of uh ten rows of nine, and then and then uh Jesse. I tried to count. It's hard to get a good, good shot. Uh Rex asks if they're going to fight their way to the shuttle, but Ahsoka says there are too many and she doesn't want to hurt them. Rex replies, and I keep a lot of the dialogue here because I feel like this is super important stuff for character. Uh, I hate to tell you this, but they don't care. The ship is going down. Those soldiers out there, my brothers, are willing to die and take you and me along with them. Ahsoka, in the tenderest of moments, reaches up and gently removes Rex's helmet. He turns his head to hide the tears rolling down his cheek. She places a hand on his shoulder. You're a good soldier, Rex. So is every one of them down there. They may be willing to die, but I'm not the one who's going to kill them. Rex questions, so we're just going to surrender? Admit defeat? No, Ahsoka replies. He doesn't see another option. That's tough on him. It's, yeah, I mean, we're spending a lot of time talking about Ahsoka because that's where we're headed here. But I'll be super, super, super surprised and even more disappointed if, if we, we don't, don't get Rex him. in the Ahsoka show. He's um, very intrinsic to her development. Yeah. I mean, we see him get close to Anakin, but we never see like this, like, you know, when, when they meet up again in Rebels and, and because of the nature of the way these came out, Star Wars is amorphous, that timeline, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, we really see how this stuff informs where they are in Rebels as a as a a friendship right you know when she's telling kane and trust this guy oh yeah he's you the can. most trustworthy yeah um looking out the viewport at the clone uh the clone information below ahsoka has an idea and so reminiscent of her master she says don't worry it's a good one i think i'll explain on the way asking the three droids if she can count on them yet again as they head off the bridge As Jesse is informed over comms that Maul may be headed their way, Rex steps through the doorway, shouting, Hold your fire! Ahsoka walks in front of him, her arms behind her head, prompting Jesse to request all remaining troops to his position. His his commander walks in with a, with a captured Jedi, and he's like, Everybody, I need another hundred guys. <laughs> Rex tells Jesse he's got it under control, but... Jesse, under the inhibitor chip's influence, demands that he kill the Jedi immediately, or he will. Rex attempts to reason with the Ark Trooper, proposing that the order was to execute the Jedi, but Ahsoka is no longer a Jedi. He almost has him. Jesse reminds Rex of his own orders from Darth Sidious to eliminate Ahsoka Tano and any other clone who disobeys Order 66. This image. Let this slide simmer for a second. <laughs> Look at the tension. 
the gap between them, the odds tipped in the favor of Order 66. The light well, even the angle of the like it's like if it was a scale, right? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. This could be a Renaissance painting. Oh, easily, easily. Jesse, listen to me. If we don't get this right, we'll be the ones committing treason, not her. And again, Jesse's demeanor changes for a second, even lowers his blasters deep in thought about his brother's words. But the chip is too powerful. Commander Rex, you are in violation of Order 66. I accuse you of treason against the Grand Army of the Republic. You'll be demoted in rank and subject to execution along with the traitor of Sokotano. Demoted in rank. That's <laughs> he didn't. He, he, there's a great line here. Uh, the stalwart droids in position. Ahsoka's plan comes to fruition and she asks Rex, Rex, ready? To which he clips, yeah, I didn't much like being a commander anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I love the tension, like the the you know, like the, just the break in that classic Star Wars stuff. So well placed comedy is perfect. Suddenly, large compartment doors in the hangar floor snap open, and roughly half the crones drop to the level below, effectively having their odds. I think there's a few broken legs there. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it goes Confusion. down fast. Yeah, they, yeah. As the two friends battle their way towards the shuttle against waves of remaining clones, Maul makes his move for the shuttle amid the chaos. Consummately aware of her surrounding Ahsoka spots Maul and force leaps to intercept him. Landing squarely in front of the fleeing adversary with a lightning fast arc for Saber, she swings for his throat. She would she was gonna kill him. Oh yeah. She oh, was yeah. going to kill him. Yeah. Maul dodges by mil mere millimeters, and we see an expression wholly alien to his face. Fear. Instinctively, force pushes her away, and she must dig into the deck with bolt sabers as the momentum carries her over the side of an open floor bay. Gigi snags Ahsoka by the wrist and holds her fast as she begins to ascend. Rex lays down cover fire on the clones below as the former Padawan leaps from the bay of the hangar floor, mightily wielding the force like a tractor beam. She holds Maul and the shuttle back. Maul, driving the thrusters forward, drags Ahsoka forward with the ship as she struggles to maintain her balance and keep a hold of the ship locked in a literal tug of war. My favorite visual of the whole episode Rex clasps her arm, holding her fast while fending off the attacking clones, still stunning, still stunning them instead of using lethal rounds. Ahsoka fights to maintain control of Maul and the shuttle as R7 falls at her feet, his domed head shattered by blaster fire. Rex must let go of her, unable to hold them off any longer. He takes a direct blast to the shoulder. Ahsoka's gaze softens. She knows she can't capture Maul and save Rex. Resigned to death over victory, Ahsoka Tano lets go of the shuttle. Against overwhelming odds, Ahsoka uses the Force to wield her sabers remotely in a large circle. Like the, the stuff she does with the Force here, it's like the, yeah. the Gendi Tartakovsky stuff. Like It is, yeah. It's so powerful. Uh, against overwhelming odds, Ahsoka uses the Force to wield her sabers remotely in a large circle in the floor around herself and Rex, dropping them to the level below. The Venator begins to enter the upper atmosphere and our heroes once again find themselves face to face with 50 or so clones that were dropped below. A quick thinking cheap reverses Ahsoka's idea and lifts the platforms, popping the clones high into the air, clearing the way for Rex and Ahsoka. But cheap and GD will become unsung martyrs of Order 66 as they are surrounded and executed by a squad of troopers. 
even that was hard to watch. <laughs> like, even that was hard to watch. Well, yeah, yeah, like Ahsoka gave them, you know. I was so convinced. Terms, right? I was so convinced that uh, uh, which one is it? Cheap was chop was going to be chopper. You know that they're the same classification. Especially the way he puts his hands up. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gotta wonder if somewhere in the in the writing process, if that was an idea. Uh, maybe. Yeah. 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 Spotting an intact Y-wing amongst all the ships in the repair bay, Ahsoka uses the Force to throw Rex across the gap and onto its hull. The entire Star Destroyer lurches forward, pitching at an extreme angle, and as as such, Ahsoka must use her lightsabers as climbing spikes again to slow her descent. She leaps for Rex and the Y-wing. But the fighter bomber tumbles into the atmosphere as the bottom of the repair hangar gives way to open air. Ahsoka begins to free fall towards the surface. Managing to fire the systems up and pull the Y-Wing out of a flat spin. He's not even a pilot. <laughs> like, I think they're all probably trained at basic yeah, you know, really. everything. Yeah. Man. Uh, <laughs> managing to fire the systems up and pull the Y-Wing out of a flat spin, Rex deftly spots Ahsoka in the cascading smoking wreckage. Popping the bombardier's hatch from the top, Rex steers the ship as close to her as he can. Grasping the canopy with one hand, she is ripped off into the air by the tremendous G-forces. Then, in one of the most amazing displays of the Force-assisted acrobatics, Sokotano skydives and runs along sections of the falling, exploding capital ship as Rex flies alongside her long enough for her to finally leap to the Y-Wing and close the hatch behind her. Just a little bit of like a throwback so of the first part, right? Powerful. Yeah. Man. Finally secure it, uh, the pair of battle-weary comrades watch as the tribunal plunges into the clouds. Um, now come to its final resting place the tribunal is a is a (laughs) i don't know (laughs) Uh, now come to its final resting place the tribunal uh rests a smoking wreckage landed before rex gathers supplies and loads the ship the remains of r7 with him he watches ahsoka off in the distance at the foot of the wreckage she stands draped in a gray hooded cloak before rows, dozens of makeshift grapes with the mounted helmets of fallen soldiers. Mm. I've seen this a few times now, but I think I've only come to see, like, imagine in your grief and all the other things that are associated with it, the guilt, the, um, the what ifs, the replaying things over in your head, and then digging a hundred graves. I think it's an interesting choice that they did that, that they didn't have the ship break up even more, that there would be less graves to dig. Certainly it adds to the emotional weight, but like Man. you think like a starship. Well, yeah. Compassion. Uh, man. <laughs> There's yeah. a reason they saluted her. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, everything, what they say back in uh, old friends, not forgotten, and mm-hmm. you know, it, they, they understand everything you went through for them and right. loyalty is all that matters to them. And even in this, even in this moment where, well, it's not their fault. No. It's not the clone's fault that they tried to do that. No. no. And she's still giving them the, the dignity that they deserve. Yeah. Uh, Ahsoka holds her remaining lightsaber up to examine it. Her facial expressions here are a kick to the shin to anybody who says the style of animation isn't any good. The range of feelings she goes through as she finally lets go of the weight of the past. She lets her lightsaber fall to her feet. 
No words. <laughs> this slide, I actually wrote no words. No um, words. Just the pain and the hopelessness. Like, look at those eyes. I'm you know, sorry for anybody that can't see that. Uh, would it have been us. different if they had, you know, animated like a single tear? You know, I, you know, sometimes you're, there's no tears left. That's so true. For, yeah. You know, you're so profound. I mean, man. Yeah. Like she's man. looking at the, the weight of everything Sidious has accomplished, like from the start, right? Like, and, like, and knowing that you've lost, you like, yeah, you lived, but you lost, and yeah, and all laid it out playing for her. It was the entire army. That whole, turn. you know, she has to be on somewhere wrestling with what Maul said to her that Darth Sidious will soon reveal himself, and then the only thing that will be left is the order that comes after that. Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay. Well, I got to start preparing for that. Yeah, because this isn't even the yeah. worst part. The worst is yet to come. Right. And I mean, and letting go of that you know, uh, certainly informed by the fact that Jedi are hunted or the, you know, there's going to be no end to that. She's got to cast off that Jedi thing, but yeah, you know, like stepping away from her past is this, this is got to be 10 times more than just stepping away from the order in a world where you could go back at any second. Yeah. Like, like I said, Yoda you know, was basically saying, uh, open. open the door. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the kid, she is, you know, wow. It's, it's, it's incredible. At some point in the not-too-distant future, a seasonal change has come and a deep snow envelops the Star Destroyer's carcass. An Imperial Lambda-class shuttle lands amid snowtroopers, probe droids, and more standard stormtroopers, and we know it's been several years since the crash. Accompanied by a distinct mechanical breathing, Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, surveys the site. Spotting something at his feet, he kneels down to pick up Ahsoka's abandoned weapon, now patinaed from the weather. Igniting his form of pupil's blade, he examines it. Looking up, he spots a creature flying in circles overhead. It's Ahsoka's spirit owl, Morai. And for a brief instance, we can see Anakin inside the mask. Vader, extinguishing the blade, turns from the graves before him. It's interesting now, because we've got two seasons of The Bad Batch, um, we don't have a 100% clear idea of when this takes place. But you no. have to wonder, was this a, a Vader just doing this as a personal thing? Like, you know how it was when the Emperor is like, I sense something in you. And he's like, the, the search for Skywalker. And the Emperor yeah. cautioned him going off and doing things, personal things. You know, is this one of a case of that same thing? I'm going to do this because I have a personal investment in this. Yeah. Well, that's, I, I, uh, I'll say it every single episode until everybody gets it. Read the comics kids. He's, he does almost nothing but personal things in the comics. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's constantly, he's still Anakin Skywalker in terms of that. Yeah. He's even bucking the rules of the Sith. He's constantly, right. uh, looking for a way to defeat Sidious. Like he, the he most really unconventional is. Jedi is also the most unconventional Sith absolutely absolutely and, and his personality awesome. really does still shine through in the comics yeah. which is which yeah, is yeah. quite beautiful uh you know even though you know he's going to kill you <laughs> without remorse like so so yeah he um yeah vader vanishes into the snow reflected in the visor of the fallen 332nd helmet the clone wars are over we've started to see the transition, like I said, through two seasons of the bad batch, we are now seeing the transition from clone trooper 
do DK Trooper. We still haven't quite hit full on conscript stormtrooper armor yet. Yeah. Maybe there's a an opportunity for us to get there uh, over the Bad Batch, but certainly this sets up a lot. Uh, this this final arc of the Clone Wars sets up a lot of how uh, Ahsoka's character is informed by the time we get to Rebels, which I know we're already into Rebels when this came back to TV, but chronologically speaking, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not there yet. No. And it takes her, I mean, it makes her role in the galaxy so important. Um, yeah. Like, and, and coolly enough with it, with a new show and, and Dave Filoni all, but, you know, confirming the joke. And I didn't even know it was other people's jokes, although it's pretty organic that, that Ahsoka season one is rebel season five. Well, we've been um, saying, we've said that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you you gotta hope that there's there's there is that bigger that I don't know what I'm trying to say that uh, an element Anakin of closure, Skywalker maybe. well that that level of importance to the galaxy like why are we telling Ahsoka's story still because because there's, it's a story that needs to be told and I hope to you tell I, yeah right yeah and I like and that's why I I do get a little hard on my comic movies and stuff it's like of every comic I've ever written or uh, sorry, <laughs> that'd be nice. Wouldn't it? that's another life for every comic I've ever read. I almost always question the storylines they pick for the films knowing that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Why didn't you do X or Y? We were pretty, uh, we were pretty favorable on Obi-Wan thinking that, Oh man, they're going to come back to Obi-Wan. Great. We weren't sure how they were going to pull it off. We didn't know what story they were going to tell. Then they they told it. They gave us the story, and I mean, of course, we're Star Wars fans, so I think we're already sort of pre, you know, disposed yeah, to yeah, be yeah, more yeah. forgiving of this stuff. But by and large, it was a very satisfying, mm -hmm. you know, seeing Obi Wan come back not in this like broken state, coming back to remembering who he is. Yeah. Mm. Uh, do we get to see some of that for Ahsoka as well? Because there's this. You got to remember, chronologically speaking, there's no more Ahsoka until she turns up. By the way, I'm Fulcrum and I'm, you know, organizing yeah. a rebel cell. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, what now? <laughs> there is a cartoon that's floating around on the Internet and uh, basically depicts Ahsoka crying next to Luke Skywalker and him saying. He oh, was still yeah, good. yeah, yeah. He the, turned. Uh, yeah, that uh, so that could be a moment that could take place. It's more like almost like That's a meme, really. Almost, yeah. It's like a meme, like it was a hand drawn, uh, yeah. like a newspaper cartoon. Oh, I think yeah. I've seen the one you're talking about. Yeah, like you were right to hold faith in him. He did eventually turn back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which kind of takes a load off of her. Is there room? My God, we've is had there a... room for more Luke Skywalker? Well, this is yeah. what I'm getting at. We've we've had both Ahsoka Tano and Luke Skywalker in live action Star Wars TV. <laughs> Is there room for both of them in the same space together? Well, we've already at had the that. same time. We've had that. There's yeah, they're training Grogu. Okay, well, okay, <laughs> conversationally, technicality. I don't. I'm not sure that you could do. I think anything that you did with Luke Skywalker would probably overshadow. So then, her her do show. we get? Man, that brings you back to. 
Hayden Christensen as a force ghost, you know, almost certainly one of the most received things of the special editions, but, but contextually for this show, it would be the right thing to do. Perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. 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 That she would commune with Um, the force, but she's got to learn how too, because you like, even Obi-Wan couldn't. So that, that's not until, yeah. But at the same time, you don't want to tell the same story of the same. No, that's, that's almost true. the same story. That's true. Uh, it is true. I've got to, I've got to cleanse some part of my past in order to be able to commune with it. Maybe um, she has to tell him what she was going to tell Obi Wan to tell him. But yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Isn't there to his force? Isn't there something to be said for that? With a single, with a single writer controlling the whole thing. I, I, I have great faith. Yeah, in, in what's about to happen. Talking about how that. long that this stuff has been getting mapped out for, like how long, like it, how long, how far back do the the string poles go? Or like, yeah. <laughs> By the way, at the beginning of this uh, scene, the uh, grave scene, Rex is picking up parts for R seven. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, mentioned that. Yeah, we've never gotten any more on that. No, we haven't re have, has R seven turned up. Did R seven turn up in the Martez sisters episode of bad batch was R seven with them? I don't recall. I'm going to have to go I'm, back. I'm and trying check to think it. though. Did, did he turn up in the tales of the Jedi when Rex is waiting for her at Padme's funeral? Waiting outside the city with Rex. I'm going to go on. I'm going to be like eyeballs <laughs> glued looking for this droid now. Cause there's that, we know that they're connected, that Rex yeah. and the Martez sisters are connected. Is it R7 that's on the ship with them on the silver angel? Maybe like he broadcasting the hologram, right? Yeah. Hmm. I've forgotten. It's funny. You know, we do this stuff and how much you forget. Well, there's so much of it there. It is like hidden. That being said, um, what did we say is next? It's going to be, uh, I, I believe it is. The uh, Tales from the Jedi. Yeah. Tales. The three tales episodes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just pull up the, Oh, that's not what I want to do. I want to do this one over here. Let's slide that over there and open up the old Disney plus here. While I just look ahead for a second. Such an incredible arc. These four episodes, um, they're just as impactful, uh, like three years later as they were when they came out. And I mean, really, to yeah. see them intercut with the film would just elevate that so much further. Uh, totally right? agreed. Yeah, have you? There's a version out there on YouTube. Somebody's done it. Oh, did I? Yeah. Okay. So the Something next, yeah, the next ones after that, it's uh, Tales of the Jedi. Yeah, Tales of the Jedi, uh, Life and Death, and uh, Practice Makes Perfect, followed by uh, Resolve. So those three episodes, then. We're into rebels for uh, looks like uh, quite a few, mm-hmm. <laughs> quite a few. <laughs> so um, we'll have to take a quick look ahead at those and see how many of those are linked so we can set those up. Uh, or I think we already did in our, our group chat. We've already got those blocked out. So we know uh, um, how they link together, but for sure the tales episodes are uh, next. next. So on the road, we're going to go back and uh, we're going to see things uh, from the beginning of the beginning. Uh, of course you can check out, uh, we've covered these episodes before in uh, much greater detail. Um, uh, but this is more, again, as I said, to go back and just sort of evaluate, uh, Ahsoka uh, in terms of a character and just watching her grow. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is an, how we get to see where she came from. Yeah. 
All right. Any more for any more before we uh, wrap it up for tonight? think so well, that was good i made it i didn't i made it <laughs> there was a few I, <sighs> I went super fast i was like oh i'm gonna race my emotions here <laughs> let me just stomp these down a little bit here yeah. Put food on them it's mental health month <laughs> all right everybody thanks for hanging out with us tonight don't forget on tuesday nights we like to get together and do this little thing that we like to call random fandom where we just pull a bunch of headlines from the last week uh, in entertainment news it could be it could be music it could be movies tv uh we, we celebrity news. celebrities toys uh celebrities and- like to tickle <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know what? Maybe we can come up with an answer by then. That's got to be a weekly segment. Celebrities you'd like to tickle with toys. Oh, wait. No, no. That's Whoa, something else. That that's something else. Find, and then find clips of that, that celebrity laughing unrelated. <laughs> See how much trouble we can get in. Well, we can get in more. Let's just start the clip uh, off with true. Tickle Me that's Elmo. True. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that show, of course. Studio to tickle. <laughs> that show is. Uh, oh, my God. Sorry, that show uh, Tuesday night random fandom. That's a that's a full call in show. So uh, participation, absolutely, uh, come back and hang out with us uh, on whatever platform you uh, like to enjoy the show. Of course, if you're catching it in the replay, I'm sorry, uh, we cannot take phone calls in the past. <laughs> we can try. Yet. Well, you know, yet that's AI right. is working on that. <laughs> Do come back and hang out with us, though. If you can't make it for Tuesday night, come back next Sunday uh, at the same time, 6 p.m. Eastern time, when we do this all over again. Like I said, next we're going into Tales, and then it's right into to Rebels, which uh, I'm very excited to revisit. Oh, I can't I wait to do Rebels with you guys. Oh, yeah. <sighs> all right, everybody. Until we meet again for Fandom Power, my name is Wes. I'm Andy. And I'm Hank. And we'll see everybody on the next one. Bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms. 